2: We're back to Red Sox Review on WEEI. Two and one. Here's the pitch. And a high fly into right field. Back on it Verdugo at the warning track. At the wall, Verdugo leaps. It is over the wall and gone. An opposite field three-run homer for Randy Arosarena. Welcome back inside the haunted house. The Rays have
3: hit their 30th home run. And right away it's three to nothing. MLB leading 30 home runs for the Tampa Bay Rays. What a start to the season for Tampa Bay. They improved to 12-0. Meanwhile, the Red Sox fall to 5-7 on the season. They lose 9-7 today against the Tampa Bay Rays. Joe Weil with you. We appreciate you joining us on Red Sox Review. Andrew Bean behind the glass today i want to get into a discussion about chris sale and his outing today he ends up getting hung up with the loss but would love for anybody out there listening to chime in 617-779-7937 the number again 617-779-7937 you can also text in at 37937 let's go to the phones ken is on the line from california ken how you doing hi how are you not too bad what do you got
4: well, I was just wondering to myself what this team would look like with Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Christian Vasquez, Kyle Schwarber, and Hunter Renfro. That is Hein Bloom's legacy.
3: Can I appreciate the call there? Uh, it's listen. This is on the top of every Red Sox fan's mind right now as they watch this team and. And, and and really the exodus of talent that's left the Red Sox since that 2018 club and and Andrew I think even 2021 too because some of the names that Ken just listed off they weren't on that 2018 team but that 2021 team had a lot of those guys obviously not Mookie Betts but uh, it, it's it's just a it's just a much different roster and, and as you start to see it play out here. You you can't help but second guess. Even the most optimistic Red Sox fan can't help but second guess some of the decisions that have been made that have allowed them to field this team that is, you know, lacking in depth. And as we've talked about, especially in the middle infield, where today it really is shined on, it really shines on how much this team misses Andrew Bogards.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody's uh Touched on that, you know what it would be like <laughs> if we had Mookie and Bogart. Talked about
3: topic in Boston.
2: Schwarber. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's touched on that.
3: No, not so. at all. No, but I mean, it's. I think that's the unfortunate thing about how the Red Sox are going right now, and of course, coming off the heels of a 2022 season. If you wanted to win fans back, you had to to set the right tone. You know, here in 2023, and and. Again, when it comes to the up the middle stuff, especially the shortstop position, where you know you signed Trevor Story last year in the offseason, and I'm I'm of the belief, and and I was of the belief at the time that that was actually a good signing for the Red Sox, but. I, I liked it more with the idea, of course, bringing Xander Bogarts back into the fold because then you think about those two guys up the middle, Trevor Story. I Even though he had some struggles offensively and there's a lot of swing and miss in that profile, he had a stretch in May that that really impressed me where the defense shined. I mean, the defense shined the entire season, but on top of that, I, I thought he had some momentum, uh, game momentum swings that, that really changed the complexion of some games in May in which the Red Sox actually played played pretty well. In, in 2022, but of course he's out now. There were injury concern, injury concerns when you signed him, and he's now out till what people think at the very least July. I mean, we'll see how he continues to progress. It's looking promising right now after having elbow surgery. but I, I, I think a game like tonight, where you just heard Will and Lou talk about it throughout the game uh, on the call about how the middle infield it just to be at this point in the season 12 games in when you're you're in a spot where you have Bobby Dahlbeck in an emergency situation the guy didn't even make the opening day roster and here he is getting the start at shortstop uh, against a team in which you can't give extra outs to and that's what ends up happening i I, I, f- I feel for bobby Dahlbeck in the situation he was put in tonight where you know he doesn't make the opening day roster he he wants to to be at the big league level as any player would be and you know he, he's got a lot to think about. He just joins the team here, are, uh, you know, here joining them in Tampa, and he gets thrust into a really uncomfortable position. And then on top of that, Yu Chang, I mean, he was a scrappy pickup for the Red Sox that they hope would work out. And I think, you know, you, you think about this era under Hein Bloom. I, I, I think the one thing you wished you saw more of because it was something that came in as. As is something that he could bring to the table, and that's and that's finding some scrap heap kind of guys, the undervalued, and he has a couple, right? I I think the obviously the Garrett Whitlock pickup, you know, the Rule Five, that was a great signing, and and not only do you do that, you, you not only get a guy like that on your roster, you take him away from the Yankees as well, you know, take him away from their organization, so you beat your arch nemesis, you know, but at the same time, and then you also had Nick Pavetta too. I, I like that trade because he's. You know, he's had his ups and downs in his Red Sox career, but I think one thing he's done really well is provide some innings uh, for the Red Sox in that rotation, which, frankly, they've needed over the last year-plus with all the injuries they've had in the rotation You know over the last couple of years. And that brings me to, to Chris Sale and what he's put forth this season, and, and I'm curious to see what he says after the game. You know, Alex Cora just talked about it in his, in his post-game press conference. What you do love about Chris Sale is that he's a guy – that 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 takes it obviously much harder than the average fan does. He has uh, he, he takes so much pride in what he does, and that's why he was one of the best pitchers from 2012 to 2018. And I hope if he continues to struggle like this, we don't forget how good he was because at, at the top, this guy was just a remarkable pitcher, and of course, he was. You know, a great pitcher for the Red Sox in their 2018 team. He gets the final out. He corkscrews Manny Machado into the dirt to cap off the 2018 World Series and, and win it for the Sox. And he was great in 2017. I, I This is no disrespect to anybody in that 2013 Red Sox team or 2007 among the starting pitchers. But I, I always felt like Chris Sale, when he joined the Red Sox, was... A must-watch pitcher for Boston in a way that they hadn't quite had since Pedro Martinez. Obviously, they've had some great starting pitchers come through over the years. Curt Schilling, you know, obviously for what he did in 2004. John Lester was fantastic for the Red Sox for many years. Again, I'm not downplaying that 2013 team, but Chris Sale, just with what he did over a long period of time, Todd, top it was six top five AL. Cy Young finishes. He never won, but the fact that he was there so consistently and was just such a top pitcher for such a long period of time uh, made you really excited when the Red Sox traded for him. And I would still argue that they won that trade with the White Sox because, of course, he helped uh, win a world championship for Boston and was their best starting pitcher for two seasons. But he was just so good over such a long period of time that uh, you hoped coming into this season he could recapture Maybe eighty to eighty-five percent of the type of pitcher that he was in those peak years. But tonight, the final line: it's four innings, seven hits, six runs, five of which earned. He walked two while striking out six. So here are the numbers now in the season. If you combine the three starts that he uh, the starts that he's had so far, so he is one and one now. ERA north of eleven. Twelve innings pitched, eighteen hits, sixteen runs, fifteen earned. He's given up five home runs. Seven walks and 19 strikeouts. And what was really concerning today for Chris Sale, and again, the Sox lost today 9-7 to against the Rays. Would love to hear your thoughts, 617-779-7937. What was really concerning is that there were 14 batted balls by the Rays today, Nine of them hard hit. We mentioned the home run by Randy Rosarena. He also had 38 swings against him and only eight whiffs. He's getting whiffs on the slider. That was the case today. Actually, half of the whiffs he got on that slider. The problem with that pitch for him this season is that it is hung in the zone a little bit too much. Will mention it. Will Fleming mentioned that on the broadcast today. It just it's staying in the zone a little bit too much, and that's allowing you know, hitters to put good swings on it. And it's just, it, you talk about a guy in sale who for such a long time was, was able to get so many swings and misses, not only on the slider, but the fastball too. And that's a pitch. He just hasn't been able to get a lot of swings and misses on. And you just wonder how it's going to go here now for the rest of the season. And Alex Cora in his post game press conferences has talked about, you know, how this is going to be a process for Chris sale as he continues to, or has he hopes to get through a full season, uh, which he hadn't been able to do. Of course, he misses all of 2020, and then he comes back in 2021. They get him in the postseason uh, for, for that stretch run. But then last year only makes two starts, so they're hoping to get a full season out of him. And Alex Cora talked about how this is going to be a process for Chris Sale to get back to the pitcher uh, that he once was. But the the returns have just not been there uh, for for Chris Sale and, it, and it's hard to see again he was uh, one of the preeminent pitchers from that 2012 2018 stretch I mentioned before and I, I don't know if you put him in that Max Scherzer Justin Verlander Clayton Kershaw tier maybe you, you believe he's one ring below it but he was right there right. Throughout that entire stretch, I I think just looking back at what he did during that time to think okay 2012 sixth in the Cy Young finish he ends up getting to second in 2017 but from 2012 to 2019 second in Major League Baseball in strikeouts fifth in ERA third in whip uh, strikeouts per nine he was third in Major League Baseball and and you go down opponent average OPS and, and strikeout-to-walk ratio, all top five from that 2012 to 2019 stretch. And, of course, 2019, that ended up being a down year for Chris Sale, and it sort of uh, was the beginning of what we've sort of seen as a decline. Again, we're only three starts in, right? And we're only 12 games into the season as well. So there is still... Uh, I, you can still have optimism. We we are in April. It's only April 12th. So if you if you want to feel optimistic and I and there's still some inner optimism in me. Uh he did have six strikeouts, so he still has some some strikeout stuff in there, but uh if you have that optimism, you can you can you can at least bottle it up because it is April. There's still plenty of time in the season, but uh the Red Sox having dropped three straight here against Tampa Bay obviously not what you want coming off the sweep of the Tigers. And I, I just keep going back to the the bottom of the ninth inning in that last game of the Tigers series. What 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 the feelings were at that point, because the Red Sox at that point were three outs away from a sweep. And, of course, they still had Adam Duvall in center field. They didn't miss his presence so much in the lineup tonight. They had seven runs. But it does change the, the complexion of this game to have him out. And then you have to throw Kike Hernandez in center field. And then you have – Bobby Dahlback playing shortstop. It just becomes a more dire situation for what you have in the middle infield uh, with 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 uh, Adam Duvall out. So I w- w- I wish we could go back to that time. Unfortunately, we can't. We have to move forward, and Duvall is now going to be out with the wrist injury. So we'll see where we move forward here. But it's uh, for the Red Sox today. They lose nine to seven. So Chris Sale falls to one and one on the season. Again, his final line: four innings pitched, seven hits six runs, five of which earned walk to strikeout six. So the ERA climbs back up to 11.25. Uh, he still has 19 strikeouts in 12 innings pitch, but again, 12 innings, three starts. That's not what you're hoping for out of a guy. You're spending as much money as you are on Chris Sale. And Again, he's going to take it harder than, than anybody. And and it's hard to hear him in these post-game press conferences, be so honest about how disappointed he is in his performances. Uh, but they, they, they The Red Sox really could have used a better outing out of him because the offense did finally come alive today, but the pitching just didn't come through. So again, the final today, Tampa Bay, 9, Boston, 7. We're taking you all the way up to 11 p.m. here on Red Sox Review. We'll go to a break in a bit, but first I'm going to send it back behind the glass to Andrew Meehan, who has what's trending on WEI.
2: Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI.
3: Welcome back to Red Sox Review here on WEEI. We're taking you all the way up to 11 p.m. The final tonight from the Trop. Tampa Bay 9, Red Sox 7. Joe Weil with you, Andrew Meehan behind the glass. We appreciate you joining us. As the Sox fall to now 5-7 and seven on the young season, Tampa Bay improves to 12-0. and 0. We mentioned this at the top, but they're now one game away from tying the Major League record for most wins to start off a season. They would, If they win tomorrow, and that's going to be an afternoon game between the Rays and the Sox, they would tie the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers and 1982 Atlanta Braves. Let's go back to the phones. Wally in Fall River wants to chat about the Sox. Hey, Wally, how's it going?
5: Yeah, not bad. I mean, the Red Sox are running to a buzzsaw right now. Tampa Bay's real hot. They can't do anything wrong. But uh, you can't cry over losing Mookie Betts and Schwab and and whoever else. I mean, the Red Sox, we know we're lucky they signed Devers. Uh, I didn't expect them to sign Devers to a long-term contract. But they're not going to hand out any more big contracts. We all know Heinbrough's policy and the team's policy. But uh, a blast from the past tonight. You had Bobby Dalback back, which is, I think is the last straw, really, uh, when you come to it's Like I said, it's going to be a long, hot summer. But uh, I, you, you, you mentioned last time about other guys picking it up. I mean, we all know uh, a row. What was in there now in the infield? The second, so they're going to hit 30 home runs, knocking 90 runs. So uh, as, as far as Tampa Bay goes, they are uh, very good at producing talent as far as pitching, young talent. They spit out these guys who just know how to pitch, the same way with the Dodgers, and you looked at the Astros last year. And they, were, they can always come up with good hard throwers, and they're healthy. Uh, the Red Sox seem to have a problem with that, producing good young pitchers who stay healthy. Uh, what's your opinion on that, Joe, as far as the development with pitching?
3: Yeah, and, and, and it's a great question. And we appreciate the call, Wally. You know, I actually am looking forward to seeing the, the matchup tomorrow between Corey Kluber and uh, Jeffrey Springs because Springs was a guy that was here with the Red Sox in, in 2020, and, and, and he did not have a good year with Boston. They end up making, they ended up trading him to the Rays, and, and the Rays, through the development that they have, they've turned him into a really good pitcher. He hasn't given up a run in two outings. I, I think there are – uh, some pitchers that you can point to for the Red Sox that have had really nice development, some young pitchers. I mean, Josh Winkowski's had a great season so far for the Red Sox out of the bullpen. He seems to have found a, a really nice spot in that bullpen. I, I liked what I saw from Cutter Crawford. Obviously, his first start didn't go as uh, that well, but the second one was, and he was a, a late-round pick that the Red Sox have actually turned into a big-league pitcher, so I was uh, just frankly saying this, I was a little disappointed to see him go back down to triple A uh with with some of the recent roster moves that the Red sox have made i I, I think they have developed guys, but I, I I would be lying to you if I said it, it, I'm a little shocked that there hasn't been better development. In terms of what the Red Sox have, have been able to put both in the starting rotation and bullpen. Now, Brian Bayo, I'm so excited to see this guy pitch in Boston. I've heard nothing but great things about him in the Miners. And then on top of that, there was a lot to like from what you saw uh, at the big league level. And that and that is a uh, that's a guy that that you're relying upon to carry you into your into the future. And that would be a huge win for the Red Sox developmentally if he turns into a top-of-the-line guy, which he has this stuff to do. I mean, the numbers last year at the at the minor league level were extremely impressive. Maybe maybe the Pedro Martinez comps were, were a little ahead uh, of where we needed to be at the time. And I, it wasn't by so many people, but it was something that was thrown out there. Don't put too much pressure on the kid. At the same time, I'm super excited to watch him pitch. And I think... that's a guy that if you want to be optimistic about and extremely optimistic about, there's a lot to like there. So, Wally, I I think there are some young pitchers that the Red Sox have developed. And by the way, if you want to get Wally's line, 617-779-7937, the number to call. And again, 617-779-7937. So, Bayo's a guy you can point to. Again, there hasn't been too much to say at the major league level uh, you can point to and say, okay, this this guy for sure is going to be a frontline guy, but anybody you talk to that that saw him in the minor leagues, uh, they would say this guy is going to be an absolute stud. And that would be a huge win for the Red Sox because they didn't sign him uh, for a lot of money when he ultimately came into the system. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has, and, and we're still getting to the point where this rotation is going to be in full. It's not quite there yet because James Paxton, who we expect to be in the rotation soon, along with Brian Bayo and Bayo had a really nice rehab start yesterday uh, in Worcester. He only gave up one run in six innings of work. So I, I, I'm i excited to see what the future looks like for the Red Sox rotation. And and it's after a game like this where there was a lot of negatives to take away. Again, Sale didn't have it today. The middle infield situation for the Red Sox is, is certainly uh, a tough one to watch at the moment. It's still just 12 games into the season. So there are optimistic things to look forward to in Brian Bayo. From a pitching side, is certainly one of them. And Garrett Whitlock, too. I think you have to give the Red Sox credit for what he has turned into. Obviously, his future as a starting pitcher uh, remains to be seen. And, and it's something I'm, frankly, to, excited to see because I've gone back and forth in my head about where, what I feel about Garrett Whitlock as a starting pitcher, considering how good he was in the bullpen. I mean, th- what he did in 2021 was remarkable, especially as a rookie, to do what he did and become one of... Uh, the most reliable guys are the most reliable guy in the bullpen for the Red Sox. Starting pitching future remains to be seen. Obviously, uh, on Tuesday night, it was a tough go for him. He left too many pitches up in the zone, gave up too many home runs, and and the Red Sox ultimately fell in that game. Um, but, but it was one start. I'm excited to see how it can continue to progress for him. But I, I think when it comes to looking at the front office during this tenure, one thing you would have liked to see more – is more diamond in the rough situa- uh, you know, type of examples that you can look to and say, okay, the Red Sox, they they found him through tr- uh, through a trade, like a mid-tier trade, and they've turned him into a viable guy. Garrett luck again, he's a perfect guy to point to in terms of the positives under Bloom because he was a Rule 5 pick, so the Red Sox took a chance on him, and again, it was... Even more sweet because you took him away from the Yankees, who at the time decided to keep Brooks Krisky who ended up throwing. I think it was three or four. I think it was four wild pitches in a game at Fenway Park. Actually, it was a game I went to. We had to I had to leave a little bit early, so that's why I can't remember how many wild pitches it was. But it was it was tough to watch, and he ended up not lasting that long with the Yankees. But I I think if you're looking at this era, obviously you you see some of the guys that have left, right. Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, you can you can fret about all those guys, but I, I think another thing you you would have liked to see more is those diamond in the rough finds that the Red Sox could credibly say, okay, we turned this guy into. He he didn't have a lot of success before, and now he's turned into a, a guy that we can really rely upon. And again, I'd mention the example of Jeffrey Springs, the guy we're going to see tomorrow uh, against the Red Sox. A former Red Sox, he was here in 2020. I don't fault. The Red Sox front office for trading him because there wasn't a lot to base off of uh, what he had done previously to, to to really fret about letting him go. But here's the situation. He's now with the Rays. They put him in the rotation full time last year, and he was really good for them. And that's been the case here in 2023. Two starts. He has not given up a run. So it'll be interesting to see what the Red Sox offense uh, will do against him tomorrow. Number to call in, 617 779 7937 the final Tampa Bay a winner over the Red Sox today. I want to talk a little bit about the lineup that the Red Sox threw out today. Uh, one note, if you didn't get a chance to uh, hear about this earlier, Masataki Yoshida not in the starting lineup today due to uh, a hamstring tweaking. They say hamstring tightness, actually. Uh, Red Sox manager Alex Corey he said that Yoshida felt some discomfort while running. Uh, Cora didn't rule out a, a return to the lineup on Friday. They're going to hold him out tomorrow uh, because it's a day game, so it's a quick turnaround. So they, they hope he's okay by Friday, and they, they hope that this isn't that big of a deal for uh, you know moving forward uh, for them because they, they need his presence in the lineup. They need to get him back in the lineup. They signed him for five years, $90 million. So they, they they certainly hope he's going to be a guy that they can rely upon. The early returns for him have been mixed, right? He's been able to get on base a lot, but, or, or maybe a lot's being a little bit too dramatic. I'd say a decent amount, a solid amount, around 360 on base percentage. But he hasn't been able to drive the ball as much as I think people expected after seeing the World Baseball Classic. Too many balls that have been pounded into the ground uh, launch angle has been sort of a topic for him to start out 2023 and his Red Sox career, so I, I, I'm i interested to see it once he gets back in the lineup again. Hopefully that hamstring is okay. Uh, again, he felt some right hamstring tightness. That's why he wasn't in the starting lineup today uh, for the Red Sox. They ended up rolling out a lineup with a lot of guys that aren't the guys that get the starts most times, Bobby Dahlbeck, Yu Chang, and, and Rymel Tapia also got a start. They end up posting seven runs. I, w- I want to get into that conversation a little bit more. But let's go back to the phones. Allison in Cambridge is on the line. Hey, Allison.
6: Hi there. Good Good evening. Sir, I just have one thing to say, and to me this is endemic of everything. Yes, Garrett Whitlock was a great, a great pickup by Heim, taking from the Yankees. It was great. And then he screwed him up by not leaving him in the bullpen. And he ended up getting hurt. And the reason he did that is because he wants the cheapest option. Because if he turned into a starter, then he's getting so much bang for his buck. I mean, the fact is that he's done that over and over again. We only got uh, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, we only had the year that we had in 2021 because Alex Cora is a great manager. And because Kyle Schwarber, he got him because he was cheap and he was injured, and we didn't have him for those three weeks, which would have helped us immensely if we had him, someone like him before. And he didn't keep him. He could have replaced J.D. Martinez. We don't have a D.H. now. And I hadn't even realized until people called yesterday, I didn't even realize that it's inappropriate to have Adam Duvall, his age, be playing center field. He could be our D.H. and Kike plays center field. Everything has been out of whack. This is reminding me of like going back to the Red Sox 20 years ago under Dan Duquette's reign. And it's just it, – but even worse, because we had success. We were at the edge of total victory. I mean, this is just like – I just I, – I am just waiting every day. I want us to keep losing. I, it's terrible because I'm, not, I'm such a positive person. But Haim is just there's no reason to trust him, and he's not being like Andrew Friedman. He's not. I mean, Andrew Friedman he rose to the occasion and realized he could spend money. He wants to because he, he I mean, Haim wasn't the person in charge in, in Tampa Bay. It's just ludicrous what's going on, and I feel like I don't I don't know when the ownership is going to pull the plug on on this idiocy.
3: Wow, well, and I appreciate the call. There's uh, there's a lot to get to, it's my but favorite call of the night. Well, and uh, you know this is what a lot of people are feeling, and I want to go into a couple different things off of what you said. The Garrett Whitlock thing—I don't think they're just putting him into the rotation for maximum value. Now you have signed him to an extension for a really good rate, so there is—you know—you you do want to try to get value out of him, but I don't think it's just that. He did start a lot in the minor leagues, so there is precedent for him to be a starting pitcher, and I do think that he had some games last year that looked good. Now he did get hurt, and it's it was amazing to read this off season and in spring training about. You know, just the pain that he he was dealing with. He wasn't able to bend over without pain. I mean, it was sort of uh it was eye opening to 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 hear him talk about all that he dealt with and, and it actually made me honestly respect him even more. I already respected who he was. He's a great pitcher, but the fact that he would go through that and not complain about it at all, everyone knew he was hurt because you'd see him go after ground balls and he just didn't look right. But I, I, I want to see it a little bit more and I think with the expectations you have this season, this is a chance to see if he can start. But I think Allison hit on what a lot of people are feeling right now in Red Sox Nation. And that, it, it, that you know, things are not going the way you'd hoped. She made a point about Adam Duvall. And it actually was a good one about Adam Duvall playing center field. He's 34 years old. Uh, this is from Chad Jennings of The Athletic. Uh, about Duvall playing center. He, he wrote about this when that was you know going to be the, the plan for the season. Uh, in the past 10 years, this is what he wrote. Only four major league outfielders have played at least 81 games in center field at an age of 34 or older. Coco Crisp in 2014. Red Sox, great Coco Crisp. Uh, Rajai Davis in 2017. Gerard Dyson in 2019. And then Brett Gardner in 2019. In 2021, Lorenzo Cain was actually supposed to do it the past three years. He'd won a gold glove at age 33, but then he opted out of his age 34 season because of COVID and then went on the injured list and then ended up getting released. So it was uh, by putting Duvall in center field, you were sort of expecting something that wasn't at the highest probability of him to stay healthy. He obviously was hurt last year as well, so we had a limited season. And unfortunately, he ends up hurting the same wrist uh, that he did in in 2022. So I definitely feel, Allison, on that one. You, you were hoping for something that was unlikely to happen, and then it ends up happening. But it's such a shame because Duvall, you know, he's already he didn't play that many games he played eight games and he had some great moments already in his Red sox career he had a you know he was already a win above replacement which was sort of remarkable and and you, you saw the stats for what he did through his first seven games it was extremely remarkable i i remember JP long uh who was in charge of the doing the the game notes and he's media relations uh manager for the Red sox I don't know if that's his official title so I, but he obviously works uh on the PR side for the Red sox he had Uh, Extra base hits, this is the Red Sox records through a player's first seven games with the franchise for Adam Duvall. Extra base hits, it was him at 10, RBIs 14, runs 11, total bases 33. I mean, the the start he got off to was remarkable, and now you don't have him either defensively or, but more importantly, in the lineup. Again, the number to call is 617-779-7937. Let's go back to the phone lines. David in North Providence wants to chat about the lineup and Tristan Casas. Hey, David. Yes, Uh,
5: how are you doing tonight? I just want to make a couple of comments and hang up and listen. Basically, without uh, the fear in that lineup, there's no fear whatsoever except Devers. I mean, there is no one in that lineup right now that is putting fear inside any pitcher or any team. And also, Casas. I mean, this kid was supposed to come up. He had a decent spring. He wanted to, you know, I, I would guess he comes up. He would hit the ball hard. He would do something. He has done absolutely nothing. I just want to listen.
3: And, David, I appreciate the call. I, I, You you bring up two separate things. I want to hit one after the other. I actually want to start with Tristan Casas. So he has gotten off to a slow start this season. Uh, tonight he ends up going 0 for 4, two strikeouts. And so with that, he's now five for thirty-five on the year, one forty-three average, three seventy-one slugging. I think the number that stands out to me the most, honestly, is the on-base percentage. He's at one eighty-four. He only has two walks. One thing that seemed to kind of show itself early in the season for Tristan Casas is that he was being a little bit aggressive on in hitters' counts and he was sort of chasing pitches. Uh, so. I'm not totally shocked, you know, he's a rookie still, that he's gotten off to a slow start, and I think of the guys in this lineup that have gotten off to slow starts, I'm still the most optimistic about him. This just happens, right? Tristan Costas came in with a great profile, and you you thought with him you'd have a floor, I still believe in that floor for him. It's just too early in the season. I liked what he did last year. Obviously he had a sub two hundred average, but he was still able to get on base at a really solid clip, especially for a guy that was just making uh or was in his first season at the big league level. am just looking at the stats. He was at three fifty eight on base percentage last year. So I really like his profile and and this just happens with rookies. You know, if you want to look at at you know, your arch rival and and the Yankees and Their top prospect, or one of their top prospects that that made his Major League debut, Anthony Volpe, uh, the fans there were so excited about him, and yet he's gone off to a slow start. 129 average, 4 for 31 to begin the season. So this just happens with rookies. Listen, hitting in, in the majors is really tough, but I still believe in Tristan Casas as a guy that can... Be the guy that you hope he is. I think it's just too early in his career, and you obviously want to see him make adjustments. You, you definitely want to see that on-base percentage rise. Uh, he had some nice at-bats in the Detroit series. The home run he hit was was off of a left-hander, so that was really nice to see. But I think it's a little too early to panic about Tristan Casas at this juncture. Now, you talk about the lineup and, and the point about Rafael Devers at this point being the lone guy you fear. I think that's a fair point when you look one through nine at the regulars that you're, that you're throwing out there on a consistent basis, I, I when you looked at the lineup or coming into the season, at least those first several games, you obviously had Adam Duvall. And, and I think the thought was, okay, you have your centerpiece in Endeavors who's going to hit in the two spot, and then you have these really solid veteran pieces around him. Of course, a rookie in Tristan Casas. Really nice to see Justin Turner break out of a mini slide. He was one for 17 over his previous five games. He ends up getting two hits today, but then you, you know you couple that again with du- guys like Duvall. Verdugo, he's had a really nice season. Talk about things to be positive about. It's Alex Verdugo because he was a guy that was called out by Alex Cora at the end of last season. They, I remember the reporter saying, "You know who's the guy you want to see take a step forward?" I'm sort of paraphrasing, and I think the reporter didn't even finish the question before he said Alex. You know, and he mentioned that 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 Alex Verdugo last year. You know, he was a little banged up, but. His numbers were down from 2021, and the Red Sox really expect a lot of big things out of him, at least to be like a three, uh, you know, I think probably the, the ceiling is four or five win player. I think that's maybe asking a little bit too much, like as a five win above replacement type player, but I I think they were hoping, okay, we can get him in at least three to four range, and he's been great in that that leadoff spot. You talk about parts of this lineup that you can actually rely upon to start the season. Lou Loney mentioned this, Will Fleming mentioned this in the broadcast today, but Alex Verdugo is one of those guys. Like He's actually had a pretty good season. Obviously, he had the final out in the ninth inning. He had a chance. He was a tying run. Runner at second, two outs. But he, he's thing off against Pete Fairbanks, who's been completely unhittable uh, so far this season. And, and, and in recent outings, he's been absolutely remarkable. Big reason why the Rays have so many strengths in that pen. He's at the back end. Uh, another one of the strengths that the Rays have. But I, I think the overall point is is a good one from David from uh, from Providence, where he talked about, you know, the the lineup construction at this point, you can rely on Devers. He hits the three run home run in the seventh inning to bring it within one. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see how the offense pieces it together. I think they've done a pretty solid job offense in totality uh, so far this season. Obviously, the previous games in the series didn't go their way as they adjust to life with it without Adam Duvall, but. It's it's an interesting point. I mean, you, you do have Devers. You know that's a known quantity. It'll be interesting to see how the offense overall picks it up the rest of the way, and hopefully, Tristan Costas is a guy that, as the season progresses, you start to see those numbers come up. We're gonna go to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll preview tomorrow's game. If you want to get in, one last call, you still can six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. The final tonight from the Trop, Red Sox fall nine to six or nine to seven rather. Uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays, we'll be back right after this. It's Red Sox review on WEEI.
2: Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox review on WEEI.
4: I you were in a pretty good amount of pain there when you were in the first half. Uh, just a little bit of everything. I mean, uh, you know, definitely emotional, but you know, for two reasons: one, because I care. Uh, I, I care about. Uh, this game, these guys, and really just trying. You know, <laughs> I enjoy doing this, and two, just all the all the shit that I went through to to get here is just a lot. And so, whenever something like that happens, is you know, get emotional about it.
3: Great editing work there from Andrew Bian to to get the bleep in there, but uh, nice to get that sound from Zach Kelly, who had to leave the game in the bottom of the fifth inning with right elbow pain. So he's being flown to Boston. They're going to get some x-rays. Uh, it did not look good on the broadcast. And he was hunched over after throwing a pitch uh, that ended up actually hitting Yandy Diaz. And he was hunched over. He was grabbing at his his right elbow. And, and you could clearly see some emotion uh, from him as uh, the Sox end up falling today 9-7 to seven against Tampa Bay. And, you know, a guy like Zach Kelly, it's such an easy story to root for. He didn't play Division One baseball. He ends up getting drafted, uh, signed as an undrafted free agent by Oakland for a $500 bonus out of uh, Division Two Newberry College in 2017. He ends up getting released, picked up by the Angels. He makes it to Double A with them, but then he tours his UCL in his uh, pitching arm in early 2020. Uh, he did avoid Tommy John surgery, and I want to clarify something I said before because I said he avoided surgery. He didn't avoid. He did avoid Tommy John surgery, but he did get surgery, elbow surgery uh, after the UCL tear in 2020. And then he ends up getting signed by the Red Sox. He works his way up to, to get to Boston in 2022. He was a great story last year because he got up. And then I think it was five days later, his wife ended up giving birth uh, to their kids. So I, it, was, it was such a cool story amidst that 2022 campaign. And then he, this year, it was an even better story because he was actually pitching well coming into tonight. Four of his five outings scoreless. So he was starting to put together a, a nice groove. He gives up two runs before the injury. Uh, that he sustained in the bottom of the fifth inning, but that's something that we're definitely going to keep an eye on uh, as we move move forward here over the next couple days because that would be a big loss for the Sox bullpen. Again, the final today, 9-7, Tampa Bay a winner over the Red Sox. Chris Sale, the final line for him, four innings pitched, seven hits, six runs, five earned. He ends up picking up his first loss of 2023 and his ERA now in the season, north of 11, and he's given up 15 earned runs. Uh, in 12 innings, he does have 19 strikeouts. He did have six today, so some strikeout stuff, but he was hit pretty hard today. 14 batted balls, nine hard hits, so that's good for a, 60, uh, uh, a 64.3%. Just had to do the math right in my head and say it out loud. Uh, so he was hit really hard today by a great Rays team. They're 12-0 and 0 on this season. They continue to roll, and they continue to beat the Red Sox at the Trop. That's now 12 straight victories for the Rays against the Red Sox in St. Petersburg. Just want to preview tomorrow's game. It's going to be a, a day game for the Red Sox before then they come back home on Friday to take on the Angels. It's a 1-10 first pitch. Here's the the starting matchup on the mound. Corey Kluber going for the Red Sox. Uh, it's been documented that first outing for Kluber was, was disastrous because he's a guy that is... One you rely upon to throw strikes, and he didn't throw strikes in that opening day outing. Five runs in three and a third innings against Baltimore, and uh, he ends up walking four and giving up two home runs. Second time. Around in the rotation much better. He ends up getting hung up with the loss. Uh, it was a center cut pitch. He gave up a home run to Carlos Santana in the loss against Pittsburgh, uh, but he did go five innings, allowing three hits and one run. And what's interesting about tomorrow's pitching matchup, it is a matchup of two guys that pitched for Tampa Bay last year. And Jeffrey Springs uh, has been quoted on the record by saying he learned a lot uh, being around Corey Kluber last year. Uh, just teaching him how to handle his body uh you know being a being a starter because Jeffrey Springs was thrown into the rotation for Tampa Bay uh, in that two thousand twenty two campaign. They really believe in what he uh, can bring to the table. They signed him to a four year thirty one million dollar extension, and he has two starts this season, both of which uh were dominant starts, sure, it was against Detroit and Oakland, so the Red Sox will bring forth a more formidable lineup than those two teams can bring but he didn't give up a hit in his first outing this being jeffrey springs the starter tomorrow for tampa bay against the red sox he didn't give up a hit in six innings he walked one while striking out 12 uh, against detroit second time around uh for him in the rotation goes up against oakland seven innings pitch three hits no runs what has always stood out about him is his changeup. that's been his money pitch but he has uh worked on some other pitches too uh he uh, is mixed in a slider that he's throwing a little bit harder than he did to have it be more effective. Uh, to, to couple with that changeup, he's complimented uh, the, his sinking fastball with, uh, it, or he's uh, the left hand. I'm sorry, this, the the sweeping slider to lefties is a good complement to his sinking fastball. So it's a nice mix that he brings forth. It's going to be interesting to see how the Red Sox do against a guy that you know pitched for this team once upon a time in 2020. But a good chance for Kluber, you know, a guy that they're, the Red Sox are hoping for uh, a lot of innings this season, and, and a guy that will be able to put it in the zone more consistently than he did on opening day, a nice chance for him to get his first W with the Red Sox. But if we've seen anything about this Rays team, they are top to bottom in every facet of the game right now just playing fantastic baseball. Pitching-wise, they weren't great tonight, but... They've been great this season. They came into today's game with the best ERA in the sport, not to mention 1st and home runs, slugging percentage, on-base percentage. So uh, from a pitching side for Corey Kluber, it's going to be a difficult task tomorrow. But the Red Sox need a victory before they head back home uh, to begin their homestand against the Angels, uh, which will start on Friday. But we have an afternoon game tomorrow for the Red Sox, who did fall to 5-7 and seven today. On this season, the Rays now prove uh, improve to twelve and zero here in this two thousand twenty three campaign. So again, nine seven the final, the Rays a winner over the Red Sox. It is Taj Bradley who picks up his first win in his first career start. He ended up going uh, five innings, allowing five hits and three runs. He did strike out eight Red Sox in this game, and then again, sail the loser. He falls to one and one on the season. Pete Fairbanks uh, ends up picking up his second save of this 2023 season. So can anybody stop the Rays? That's the question. They're 12-0 and 0 to start the season. Best team in baseball. They happen to reside in the AL East, which we knew is, uh, I, I always believed, the best division in Major League Baseball, and it's sort of proven to be the case again uh, here in 2023. A lot of good teams. The Yankees ended up winning today. Franchi Cordero, I, this might upset you, uh to say out loud but he hit another home run today for the yankees uh tied with judge at four yeah i think right no i think so and then uh will fleming and lou Merloney were talking about the home run call for john sterling uh i can't remember now off the top of my head but it was it was really funny um uh, i think it's like you could bet the, the ranchy on french you know Francie or something something very silly as you would expect john sterling to say um but he hits another home run, so they win again today. Again, it's going to be a tough division. Even Baltimore, you know, they they shown themselves to be a pretty solid team. So the Red Sox, uh, and now that they've lost three in a row, coming off the sweep against Detroit, they need a win tomorrow desperately. Let's see if they can finally get one at the Trop Again, 12 straight losses for the Red Sox in what has been an absolute House of Horrors for this Red Sox team over a year plus. I want to thank Andrew Meehan behind the glass for doing a fantastic job getting us all the sound and uh, running the board for Red Sox Review. Again, the final from the drop 9-7, Tampa Bay, a winner over the Red Sox. I'm Joe Wiles saying so long here on Red Sox Review. First pitch tomorrow, 110 along the Shaws and Star Market WEI Red Sox Radio Network. Be sure to tune in.
5: I got anger in my chest
2: melin is some- on this Monday, April 17th, kick off your Patriots Day with us. Presented by Sitco, 10 years stronger as the Greg Hill Show broadcasts live starting at 6 a.m. from the Capitol Grill on Boylston Street for our annual marathon celebration. Then we'll head to Fenway just after 10 a.m. for our coverage of Sox and Angels with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in town. WEEI's live coverage of the Boston Marathon is presented by Sitco. Boston, you can always count on us to show you the way home. Sitco.
4: The NBA playoffs are here and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Fourier right now and place a $5 bet and you'll get an instant 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose, I love this FanDuel app great promotions every single day it's safe secure and i get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than america's number one sports book just go to fanduel.com slash fourier and sign up to get a hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Got to be 21 plus and present in mass. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. Hope is here. Gambling Helpline, MA.org, or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Hey, it's
7: Greg. If you have joint pain and they're telling you surgery is your best option, please stop what you're doing and call QC Kinetics. The folks at QC Kinetics use the latest, most advanced regenerative treatments to bring lasting pain relief the natural way. Regenerative medicine harnesses your own body's healing agents to restore and repair damaged tissue in your knees, hips, shoulder, and back. Their precision treatments are done in the office with no drugs and no downtime. QC Kinetics has hundreds of clinics all over America and thousands and thousands of satisfied patients. If your joints are aching from arthritis or an injury, look beyond steroids and surgery and discover the amazing possibilities with regenerative medicine. Call QC Kinetics now. 617-644-PAIN. It's a free consultation. 617-644-PAIN. Three clinics in Weymouth, Lawrence and Lowell and more on the way, QC Kinetics, 617-644-PAIN. You can save
5: thousands on your next vehicle purchase.
4: Hi, Kimberly Dyer from Commonwealth Motors, and I bet you haven't heard that since 2019. Well, it's back. Yes, it is, Kim. Save thousands under new vehicle prices when you buy a certified vehicle from Commonwealth. Right, Charles. Our certified vehicles must pass a rigorous 165-point inspection before we even think of selling it.